You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop, the show that's a little bit of everything with a K-Pop twist. Visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com for more information about the show. That's 17-C-A-R-A-T-K-P-O-P.weebly.com. Enjoy the show! Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday. Hope here. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. It's Thursday, which means it's the day of the week where we do a music video theorizing slash storyline recapping uh, autobiography, or not autobiography, audiobook-esque um, recap of the storylines throughout uh, K-Pop groups, music video world. And I don't have a drum roll sound effect, which I really should. So please just like do one for, do a drum roll for me, please, if uh, you would be so kind. Um, so the group we are going to talk about today, some of you are going to be annoyed. Some of you will be delighted. All right. Everyone did their drum roll? Okay. We're going to talk about BTS again. And I know you're probably like, oh my gosh, you already had like three episodes dedicated to them. But trust me, I told you after the new album dropped, we would have a lot to talk about. And we do. So please just buckle up and enjoy. I promise. I think honestly, this latest album that BTS released has a lot of cool backstories. So it still has connections to the storyline throughout the past albums and the trilogies and the sagas they've had in the past. But it also has a lot more context that I feel like you could just jump into the fandom right now and you you still feel like, oh, I get why they're popular. You know, you don't have to back up as much in the storyline, you know? How some TV shows, I always compare it to a TV show because it's so cinematic, their music videos, but it's like, if you jump right into a TV show in like the third season, you might be so confused. But there are some shows where uh, each season's so different, but still has some underlying threads, but all, also at the same time, it's easy to jump into as a newbie. You don't have to start from the beginning. This album to me is kind of like that. So I do feel like um, there's some very interesting thoughts that went into the making of this album that I hope you will find interesting even if you're not a fan. I would also encourage you to stick around anyway because it. Uh, I if I believe I'll have time at the end, and if I I, I probably will. Um, at the end, to do a quick K-pop world pop culture update about the world of K-pop, um, because we did not get to our news flash segment yesterday. So uh, a lot to get to today, so we will just get right into it. But don't worry, I do have a lot more episode, music video episodes planned um, that we will analyze for other artists. This is probably last BTS specific episode. I'll still play their music on the show, but the episode fully for them, this is the last one, okay? So just, you know, don't, don't get your panties in a bunch. You're going to enjoy it, okay? Don't get your BT21 panties in a bunch. All right. So what we need to say first is that this album is called Seven for many reasons. The number seven has a lot of meanings behind it, but especially for this band, seven years since their debut as a group together, seven members. It just it felt right for this album. The reviews are incredible for it, um, which is very refreshing to see because as we discussed ad nauseum on last week's show, I believe what last Wednesday was how frustrating Western press coverage of K-pop album releases and press events are. So this is so refreshing and the opposite of what we were complaining about last week. So it's really exciting. So like, I really like this quote from Rolling, from the Rolling Stone review of this album. And part of it, um, I don't really get, which just shows, I guess, my youth or my ignorance or both. But they said, quote, 
they BTS comes on like an all-star team of larger-than-life idols on the level of Kiss or the Wu-Tang Clan, expanding their own mythological universe. RM is their Gene Simmons and Ho and uh, well, I call him Hobie, so I so and Hobie is their Ace Frehley. So I don't know who that is. I'm assuming that person is from the same band as Gene Simmons. Don't judge. <laughs> I don't know, but apparently that's a good that's a good iconic comparison. And I mean the other content on the album as we go along, you'll see, it was compared to other artists, too. So we'll keep referencing that Rolling Stone review during this episode, um, because I really appreciate it. It really just points out, um, as we said last week, we're not going to, you know, rehash it all now, but, you know, uh, it's frustrating when it's like all these groups are like the next BTS, or they just get compared to another K-pop group, but they really are just reviewing BTS as they would review any other artist, and I appreciate that uh, normalizing of reviewing content in a language that's not English. So I really appreciate that. So, but we do need to talk more about the album. And so this album specifically, I'm got to get my nerdy sociology cap on again here to talk more directly about what I've probably been talking about in more vague terms, as long as this show has been on the air, really, um, which is this theory created by the sociologist Irving Goffman. And basically what Goffman said is that life is like a theater. So his he he wrote full books about these analogies related to life as theater, really, where everyone has, like, their front stage, and, like, he describes, like, the things you do in your life, the things you wear as your costumes and props, he describes the places you go in your life as your setting, and life is this theater, you're putting on a performance based on these scripts that you will learn to follow in certain situations. That's why we all do certain things in certain locations. We know how to act in school. We know how to act at work. We know how to act when you're home or like what you can do and cannot do based on our scripts that we've internalized. And so that's the way he talks about that. And then he also contrasts what you do in the front stage to what you do backstage, which is basically the things that you that are personal and private and you don't want to give away. So like if a character breaks the fourth wall in a movie or show and, you know, points out, hey, I know there's an audience watching me, that would be like a backstage situation where it's like you weren't supposed to do that. You broke this rule. You went against the script. That's not in the script. What do we do? So it causes people to alter the roles or end the scene altogether. I could write a lot more about it, but that's basically the gist of his life as theater analogy. And I was thinking about this a lot while listening to this album and looking up lyrics and stuff because they continue to talk about what they started talking about on the first album, which is of this trilogy, which is Map of the Soul Persona. And Persona is, you know, the word for Goffman's theory, which is all about like discovering who you are and who you are, not just in general, but who you are to others and how that differs to who you are backstage and why there might be a difference. And maybe there shouldn't be, and you should just own who you are and move the backstage to the front stage or change some change something about your costume or prop or rewrite the script. I could go on and on with these theater analogies, but I think you get what I'm saying. So that's what I've been thinking about a lot. I've also been thinking about uh, the uh, Fro Sigmund Freud's theories about, you know, the ego and the superego and the id, those three parts of the mind that basically uh, one is like the side of you that's more, you know, cautious one is more is less rational and more impulsive and confident and then there's like the mediator between them and so there's so there is a song on this album called ego which uh that made me think of so yeah a lot of interesting psychology and sociology connections in this album we talked a little bit about shadow 
uh, that song last time. And remember, there's this recurring theme throughout all their music of dark shadows and like learning to, because that's their whole unifying message, I think, that people connect to is that their message is not this corny, uh, just sm sm like smile, be happy, everything's great, like cheer up. It's not that message. It's like, you know, it's okay. You, ha you have shadow following you. Um, but just like learn to live with it, you know, and uh, don't be so hard on yourself kind of a message. And so that's what really resonates with a lot of people. And so we talked about that a lot last time, but I will add a few new details because we have an extended version of that song now. The first, the first, last time I talked about it, all that was out was like a YouTube video version that was condensed. And now we have the full length version for this album. And this is Yungi Solo. And first of all, he's wearing a bulletproof vest in the video, which is perfect because BTS stands for Bantan Sonyeondan, which is Bulletproof Boy Scouts. That's the whole thing. That they are bulletproof. One of their very first songs was called We Are Bulletproof. We're going to get back to that later. But just it's a very cool detail that he, now he's wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, the imagery in the video is reminiscent of imagery in the videos during the school trilogy. Remember, that's the trilogy that started this this whole world for them. That was their like debut trilogy. Uh, this Sun Shadow is actually in the Rolling Stone re review. It was compared to Space Odyssey, I believe it's called, or Space Oddity by David Bowie and uh, Rocket Man as well. So I don't really uh, hear the connection to Rocket Man, but I guess I'll let you be the judge. Um, but apparently, it's maybe the comparison was just because of that level of iconicness and uh, insight, I suppose. I, I don't know. Um, so we'll, we'll see what you think. But I also want to point out, so you know, and we're going to bring this up again later in the episode, but you know how I was, sh I was showing last time how BTS has done throughout their saga a very cool thing where they take part of a song from their early days and like catch up with it and have like a parallel song in a later release. And so my favorite example is that they released the song Save Me with the same instrumental as I'm Fine at the beginning so that you can play Save Me and then I'm Fine. And it's a really cool like light and dark kind of contrast about different points in their life. And they have a lot of songs like that, as we've talked about before. And so this seems to be like another example almost where um, this extended cut of Shadow has references to earlier works. It references home and it references No More Dream. No More Dream is one of the earliest BTS songs. That's that's a big one to remember as well. So and there's there's so much more I could say about it. But so so these are two of the songs that um really kind of embody what this album is really all about, the deeper meaning of it. Um, we have the concept of shadows and what you keep front stage and backstage. And we have the concepts of your ego and super ego, how you're keeping it all in check and basically how much of yourself you present to the world and, you know, how, you know, what, like, how are you learning to embrace every side of you? And that, those are overall the themes in these two solos. So the first one I got to play is Shadow, which is by Yoongi, aka Suga, and then Ego, which is J-Hope's, aka Hosek. So it was Shadow and Ego, both by BTS from Map of the Soul 7, which is their latest release that we have been talking about. So, uh, a few key things from that song, and these these things, um, full disclosure, are probably things that will be a lot more exciting and meaningful if you're uh, an avid fan who's been following the saga, but maybe it's still kind of interesting. So, uh, if you remember when we were talking about Blood, Sweat, and Tears and how that was a very pivotal moment in this music video universe, that would have been like a two-part season finale if this was a TV show, as I like to make the analogy for. So, this... Uh, it just makes me think, um, so about, about the Blood, Sweat, and Tears video was 
it wasn't inspired by this book called Demian, and it, that word was that world of Demian was all about like a parallel universe where everything is more you know everything's symbolic and fantasy like, and then the other world is more like real, and it's like these blurred lines between this illusion world and this reality, and which one's actually dark and which one's not, and how much do they mix? It's all these philosophical questions that are brought up in this fictional story. So in this book Demian, a key part to know that's related to the video is that he thinks he's talking to um, his mom in the in the book and he's not so I I don't remember if um, she's actually alive and he just hasn't talked to her or my guess is not but he thinks she's there with him and it's like a figment of his imagination and so he's kind of in again he's mixing between the worlds like what's real and what's fake and uh, that concept is a big uh, debate the big premise of the book and that was a big premise obviously in uh, earlier videos for bts as well and it's still relevant here um because people think so so if you pay attention to this line so and there are a few lines in here that make me think of that book and one is the line where hobie's singing um my dancing was chasing ghosts and the reference to like ghosts and shadows and things like that it just makes me wonder if like those were references to like he is interacting with something that's not of this world. I don't know. Am I stretching for, is this reach? If it was an artist other than BTS, I would say yes, but they think of every little detail. So I would not be surprised if I'm actually right about this, uh, that lyric meaning something more. There are other, other lyrics like that as well. And I just see it as, if you remember um, J-Hope's character, throughout this uh, story, his one is the one that had the pill addiction and was in the hospital and everything. And so people, and then there was that scene where, I don't even know if we had time to talk about this one, but the scene where he was brought a cake, only it wasn't his birthday. And he, uh, so he has this birthday cake with a candle and he blows it out and he gets these black and white memories to being a little kid and he's abandoned at this theme park. And so the theory is that what if, you know, uh, his, he like created this imaginary image of someone after he was abandoned by someone in the park. And, you know, he created like an imaginary friend to like cope with addiction as well as to just have a relationship after being abandoned. I mean, it's really a dark theory, but I could totally see it happening based on the character arc. And so it's interesting. And so the ego, uh, this song being called Ego and him talking about like, just trust myself and lyrics like that you wonder like is he is he saying goodbye he doesn't need the imaginary friend anymore i don't know but all of this to say really this is one of the things i love about the bts universe is that there's so much to dissect and it gets so deep and it's so just it leaves you thinking and i just love that that's that's something i love about reading and that's something i i love about things that clearly anyone put a lot of thought into any form of art or writing or whatever that really makes you just think and question reality is something that I just find great and I just really appreciate it. So that's why I'm dedicating time to talking about this kind of stuff. So there is quite a deep purpose to it. So we also have other solos from uh, the BTS members we got to talk about. Uh, one of them is Filter, which is by my breaking news, my new bias, Jimin, like officially, like I was toying with making him my bias for a while now, but officially it's Jimin. So congrats to me. So his is Filter, and it's kind of self-explanatory with the title, really. Clearly, it's about, you know, like, again, that persona concept and what you're 
filtering of yourself, which are not, and how much of you is is influencing others, you know, because it's interesting in the age of social media to think about, well, are you acting because you were influenced by so-and-so or are they acting that way because they were influenced by you? Like, where is this feedback loop start and end? It's a loop, so I guess it doesn't. Um, but that thought of like, who's actually influencing who is really turned upside down in this day and age. And so that's why I find the concept of filtered posts and, you know, what you share online and what you don't, again, it's that front stage versus backstage concept, all that really interests me. So that, uh, that song, and I just love that song in general, because Jimin's voice, heavenly. And then we have to play Sokujin solo. His is called Moon, and it's just really fun. It's just like a cute little love song. And it's a cool contrast that because he usually sings the dark, not darker, I guess, but more emotional ballads. And this is a bit of a departure from that, which I like. And then V's song is Inner Child, which is super uh, emotional, especially if you think about his character storyline. Because in this storyline, his character is the one who, you know, was getting into the fights and vandalizing things, getting in trouble with the law and was really lost and just, you know not getting any emotional support and acting out because of it. So um, for him to write this song about, you know, like de like dealing with a harder childhood and like but learning to trust himself as he always was, that's kind of like his theme. So, but it's again, it's a really cool contrast because he would sing some darker songs in the earlier eras. And in this one, Inner Child is, is not, it's still emotional. So I wouldn't say it's lighter, but it's so more optimistic and it's refreshing and if all these songs are refreshing and it's a very cool like character arc through the music that's what's so powerful with this album and music in general as well is that you can convey emo not just emotions but like your thoughts and how your emotions and thoughts have changed over time just through music i just i just think it's incredible so anyway so here's a cool range from the album we're gonna start with my favorite jimin with filter was Filter, followed by Moon, followed by Inner Child, three more of the solo releases from BTS Map of the Soul 7, the new album that we are talking about tonight. So, you know how when, when you go to a concert, how there's usually a few, like, they start out with high energy stuff, and they keep it going with a lot of high energy stuff, and then towards the middle or the back end of the show, it tends to be the ballads, and they slow things down a little, things get a little more dramatic, and then they, like, kick it back up a notch for the encore or just like the last the last block of time and the encore well this is sort of how i wanted to structure the show so we're going to get to the sadder uh more ballad-esque stuff now so just brace yourself and get ready for at least if you're a longtime army member just grab your tissues if you're ready so uh but we will end then on a high note again so don't worry but we have to talk about the emotional songs now so yeah as if those weren't emotional already right but Anyway, so another song and the key, some more songs and the key meanings behind them to help you understand and better appreciate the what this album's story is all about. So one song that we got to talk about is Zero O'Clock. It's called Zero O'Clock. It looks like, you know, zero, zero, colon, zero, zero is how the song title is written. And that one really, if you've been following the music video story, you know that uh, there have been, I mean, some people theorize it's really about like time travel and, and other people think that element's not there, but it's all just hypothetical. Like if you could turn back time, what you, what would you have done instead? What do you wish you would have done? Um, how much should we worry about what happened in the past or the future or what's in the present? Just the concept of time and all of the emotions that come with thinking about time is a big common theme throughout their music videos and throughout 
you know, just reflecting on the album and their lyrics throughout time. And so this song just really feels like an encapsulation of all of those feelings that have been expressed on previous songs about time. So zero o'clock is basically a message about like, let's just reset this clock. Like whatever's, whatever, whatever, like there's some, whatever you're thinking of that's like, ugh, um, related past, present, future, whatever. It's all about just, you know what, just like take a minute reset the clock and it's never too late to start over in a sense and that's kind of the at least the message I got out of this song so that's a big one another song that it, this one feels super relatable even more every day is called louder than bombs it is a song this one was the one that was co-written with uh, Troy Sivan which is uh not super relevant to the plot or anything I just find that really cool <laughs> I love when faves collab and anyway so um louder than bombs basically is probably the most emotional song and frankly I want to pick things up a little more and make it make this show a little more radio friendly so I'll be playing a different song instead of that plus uh it's a it's one with a subunit with my fave Jimin again so I'm a bias but at least I'm honest about beat bias so we're gonna play a different one but I still want to talk about it so um Louder Than Bonds is basically a song about um feeling like a bystander in the world really and like seeing so much chaos in the world every day and like just being feeling overwhelmed and like I mean how can you not like see all the suffering in the world every day and seemingly more every day and just like not be affected by it so it's really just a very emotional song about just just being a witness to the world and why bad things happen and how it's hard because as humans, we want an answer for everything, right? We always want to think, uh, what caused this or that? And uh, how can we make sure that doesn't happen again? But, you know, you can't make sense out of nonsense. And a lot of tragedies are nonsense. They don't have any sense to them. They're senseless. And so it's really hard for humans to wrap our minds around this stuff. So it's traumatic. And so that song really just gets to that emotion, which I appreciate for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's relatable. Uh, second of all, it is, you know, I, I really respect, um, especially when men, uh, when young men are willing to be sensitive and admit when they cry and are upset. Um, I wish that was super normalized, as we've talked about before on the show, um, about my thoughts on that. And then third, I just, uh, it just feels like it, it is the perfect song to add to my collection of comfort songs because you know how I mentioned in one of our earlier episodes about BTS that their their music if you want to be super super broad about it they fall into two categories songs of comfort and songs of triumph that's how I label them so that is like the ultimate song of comfort because it's like yeah I get it and then like it's just a good song to wallow with emotions too um and then the songs of, of triumph are good to play afterwards so it's it's a pretty good mix so on this album too and just with their playlist and their discography overall songs of comfort and songs of triumph so this was a great one to add to the comfort category and it there is also a movie that seems relevant for because they're into film references that, as we've discussed and so this uh apparently there's a film released in 2015 called louder than bombs and uh, one of the big giveaways that that's what they're referencing is that some of the promotional posters for this album have like this cracked mirror image type thing. So like you see the picture that they have like cracks in them, like that's like the poster design. And that formatting is also the poster design for the movie posters for Louder Than Bombs. Um, the plot, the basic summary of the plot says, um, quote, of family, that it's about a family of a father and his two sons who confront their different feelings and memories of the deceased wife who is a famed war photographer. So obviously it's a dark story 
um, about a mom who passed away and people have different memories of it. Um, but basically it just, it makes me think of V's character in this story, uh, in the music video storyline. And it also just makes me think of, uh, just what the song's really all about. And, uh, how much, I think that I haven't seen the movie and I don't really want to, frankly. Um, it sounds too dark for my liking, but, um, I think that would, you know, the connections are pretty clear between the movie and the song about how, uh, how people are, are, you know, taking out their anger on each other. And, uh, because they're they they want to make sense of if something or blame someone or have some concrete reason or explanation or something and so that can be chaotic. So um, speaking of anger, a song that's more upbeat we probably won't have time for though is called "Ugh!" Exclamation point. It's a really good one. Um, that's a rap song and that's "Ugh" is really more of a song of I would put it in the song of triumph category, but it's angsty. It's angry, but it's in a good way. It's like a venting rap song. It's like, yes, let it out. Keep going, guys. And they do a great job with that. Um, which is really kind of calling out just like cyberbullying and other forms of just like people feeling like they're free to like disrespect each other, which they also talk about on the song called Respect which is uh, also has this moment in it that's like a little Easter egg for the longtime fans because in respect, there's this A.O. Sugar moment. And A.O. Sugar was part of like the move, uh, move slash moving on interlude song thing from an earlier release. So it, it's cool. Little moments like that, like I've said before, it's so cool that they bring it back to like a different, a different uh, part of the saga and it's relevant again. And it's, it's very cool. So yeah, so you know, Zero O'Clock, Louder Than Bombs, Ugh, Respect, those are the main ones I want to talk about for this block, um, and then we, oh, and then, yeah, so the big one that gets me emotional, I don't know if anyone else has, like, certain songs that do this to them, or certain artists, like, for me, like, this is, this song is, like, the Lana Del Rey of K-pop songs, like, it is the song that you don't listen to unless you are ready, like, okay, I'm in my feels, like, I'm, like, just go for it, just play, it's, it's too good of a song not to hear, but at the same time, you have to be in the mood to be that emotional, you know, sometimes you just don't want to listen to something that dark, or just not dark, but very, very emotional, so, and, like, cry-worthy, but in a good way, anyway, we're gonna play it anyway, so, that one is another We Are Bulletproof song, it's called We Are Bulletproof the Eternal, and it's really emotional, especially if you're a fan, because we have been, like, I've said a million times before on this journey with them, like just growing up with them. Um, and they are like relating to us through their music. And so for us to all be like, you know, still standing no matter what. And now we are all bulletproof together. And it's so nice. And it's such a special like fan tribute song. And it's about like, it's just, especially if you think about the fact they've been together for seven years. And it's just like, wow, what a journey. So much has happened in seven years. Their first showcase had 300 people. And I just can't believe that still. They were walking around LA trying to pass out tickets because no one was going to their show with 300 people. And now look at them. It's so cool to see the good people be rewarded in life. I love it. And, you know, it's just very cool to grow up with them and like have this reciprocal feeling of like, we've got this. And that's something in general that I really appreciate about uh, South Korea and other countries is that a huge value for them is um, inter interrelationships, interconnectedness, um, interdependency you know, and our cultures in the USA is very individualized, and there are pros and cons to that as well, but, uh, you know, it'd be cool if we valued interdependence a little more, 
um, individualism a little less because so that's why with a lot of K-pop fandoms and stuff, it, we say like it's no exaggeration. It feels familial because it really is like how that culture is. Like you taught you think about each other as family or friends, and you're like uh, it's you have communal identities and communal feelings. So it's just like the respect and the pride in ourselves is mutual between BTS and the ARMY. So anyway, so it's a great tribute to our relationship. It's really, really nice. So that is that is what I'm excited to play. And we're going to talk about more themes from this whole saga after we get to the emotional stuff. And then we'll get we'll kick things up a notch again. Don't you worry. So this is Zero Clock. And then I'm going to play Friends, which is a song from a, a subunit with my favorite Jimin, so that's why. And I'm replacing a lot of the bombs with Friends because I like it better, full disclosure. And then uh, we are Bulletproof the Eternal, so that was a Zero O'Clock and Friends, and we are Bulletproof the Eternal, which is obviously super emotional, especially if you're a longtime fan like me, where it's been all these years, and then there's this song where it's like they literally are saying lyrics like about why are you staying with us, but you know, it's odd, but thank you, we love you, it's so special! Oh my gosh, I can picture it live now, I bet that's, that's amazing, it just... It's what a moment, wow, we love to see it, so... Uh, yeah, that, that is great stuff. As is the whole album, really. One thing I do want to say about this album before I move on to talking about the final song is that um, the they had some really insightful things to say. At well, the, okay, let's back it up a little. So there are three main like BTS promotional events that I would recommend checking out um, that I just found very interesting. So one is just really like thought provoking. The other two are just goofy. So first of all, my favorite like promotion that they've done for this new album was the press conference, because that's always really, that's like always a groundbreaker, at least for me, because not only is that when they go deeper into the meaning of each song on their album usually, but it's also a time, um, where like you get these big revelations that are like, you get the references and it leads you on new paths. So like one of those conferences is when I found out about the book Mat Into the Magic Shop. And that's when I got into reading that book, which was a life changer. So you never know what sort of references they'll bring up in the press conference that really stick with you. So it was really cool this year. It was, um, as always, and it was, it was, it's just very interesting to just, you know, hear about what, what this whole process was like for them and all the passion they put into every song, which is pretty clear to me as well, just listening to music um, and how layered it is and all the messages are just really cool to hear more about. Uh, one thing that I really, I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me from this press conference is what Yungi was saying about um, the way they changed their, uh, their thought about, um, people always ask celebrities and everyone really, what's next for you? What's next for you? What are you planning to do now? What do you, well, you know, what's your next step? Um, and his view of it is kind of like, it's better to think about having a purpose as opposed to having goals, because if you, you know, you don't really say I broke a purpose, you say you broke a goal, you didn't reach a goal, you failed at a goal, you set a goal too high. Um, so if you change your language from goals to purpose, it could have a big impact because words really matter, especially when you're internalizing them. So, um, the point for them really isn't what's next for BTS awards wise or what's best, what's next for BTS, um, in terms of audience size or whatever, as if they could want a bigger audience. Um, 
it's more about just a purpose, and clearly their purpose, um, as they walk this journey called life with us, is uh, evident, and we are bulletproof and other songs like that. So I thought that was a great way to frame it. I also liked his advice about viewing it as achievements versus records. So instead of viewing yourself as hitting your record, it's an, just another achievement so that you're not invalidating anything you've done. Um, so as always, he's just full of wisdom. So I'm obviously biased by saying that, but also it's just it's just the facts. So um, anyway, so that really stood out to me. Um, two other things you should check out. One is definitely the Carpool Karaoke because they finally did it after years of all these tweets about it. And yes, I'm sure that they finally did Carpool Karaoke with James Corden because I, I was demanding it. And, you know, there was obviously no other external reason besides me asking that led to that happening. So you're welcome, everybody. It's very awesome. Although Yugi was in the trunk. I feel bad for that. Like, if they needed an extra car, I could go. I would have bought a car for them. Like I would, I could go there and help out. But gosh, they like they should have got like bus, but like a party bus karaoke, not carpool karaoke. Like imagine if a band like Seventeen goes on that show, they would get a need a party bus. Anyway, um, the third thing you gotta check out obviously is the Jimmy Fallon performance. The whole episode was really fun. Um, the only downside is that. They had fans sending questions for them to answer during the show, um, and uh, there were probably millions of questions sent in, literally millions, but still, they had the audacity to not answer my questions. I am appalled. So that was the only downside, though. The rest of the show was great. And so especially even if you're not a fan or if you're still, for some bizarre reason, after all my ranting about them, still not sure why you should like them or not, um, or just like still don't get what the big deal is after all this time, that means I haven't done my job. But that also um, hopefully is explained by watching that Jim Fionn performance. Honestly, I know I'm biased saying it was great. But, I mean, they they went to Grand Central Terminal, and there was no one there. They rented it out. They snuck in. It was, like, 2 a.m. when they filmed this. And they did their big performance um, for the lead single that we're about to talk about in the Grand Central Terminal. And it's just, it just it's so incredible because not only is the performance awesome because it's got a marching band, it's got so many backup dancers, it's just very visually interesting and very... Uh, complex and just carried executed so beautifully and perfectly um but then the background of the central terminal that is just like looks so clean and it looks so fancy and it's just it's quite a sight i mean when would you ever see that again so and i just find it fascinating that they were able to pull it off because even at 2 a.m like i can't believe that even one like super fan didn't happen to like find out they were there and show up or maybe they didn't they just don't want the world to know but Gosh, I don't know how they did that, but what a once-in-a-lifetime thing. So it's a very, very cool performance to watch. They still sound great. They're still live. Um, and it's just, it's just wow. it was a very cool idea for the show to do. So, uh, yeah, great uh, U.S. promo, finally. We had to rant a bit last week about the bad Western promo that some of them get, but that one, but BTS has been treated well. Um, took seven years, but there you have it. So now they're getting a, the nice treatment in the USA as well. So... Yeah, so those are things I recommend seeing the press conference or at least reading about highlight clips. And then, of course, Carpool Karaoke and the Jimmy Fallon performance. Um, all really good stuff. And hopefully there will be more exciting promo to come. Um, but we'll see. Uh, it's It's been an exciting time to be a fan, that's for sure. All right. The last one that I was saving for last. I mean, I feel like that one would be the last one we were bulletproof. But let's end on just a happier, lighter note. So remember how I was just saying that a lot of BTS songs are 
have a parallel song usually years later. So like I said, Save Me versus I'm Fine are like parallel songs. And you have like, I mean, even like Shadow and Ego, you could say are parallel songs or like Persona and Ego maybe, or um, things like that. And songs that reference each other or are like, you know, compatible songs with each other thematically. Um, and so that's kind of what they did yet again. So one of their very early releases during that school trilogy, their first big trilogy, when they were real little, is a, is a song called No and O. Oh. And so now they named their new single On O-N. And that to me is just genius. That is just genius. They flipped around and they intentionally did. I mean, that's, they just said that I'm not just reaching here. They really did that on purpose. And it's just very cool, especially when I, um, you know, the contrast, just like listening to the early stuff. Like I said, it's very just like teenage angst filled. Um, and then now like, it's so like, it like, it's not like trying to be confident, like cocky music. It's we are confident now music, you know? And so it's just a very cool, it's very cool to listen to their old stuff and then contrast it with the new like parallel songs um, to just show their growth as people and as artists. And it's very cool, like I said, to be on this journey with them. So yeah, so On and No are kind of now these uh, pair. And On just dropped a new music video today. So there were two music videos for On release. One's like a cinematic movie and the other is a performance video. Um, I have watched both obviously, but the cinematic one, I have not had time to like rewatch a million times and microanalyze as always. So that one, I don't, um, I, I don't frankly have too much to say yet, but I'm sure I will have theories and symbols to bring up in another episode. Don't worry, I won't turn to a whole other BTS episode, like a full-length episode, but I'll bring it up at some point. Um, but anyway, the other one, the dance video, is the dance that they did during the Jimmy Fallon performance. It's really just an incredible live event, I bet, and uh, it's called On. Yeah, it, it is just, it's way better than Idol, honestly. It's way better than Idol and some of their other title tracks. Some people probably vehemently uh, opposed to what I just said, but I really think it's better. It's a lot better than some of the title tracks they've been promoting. It's just true. And in general, I think a lot of their B-sides are better, but we can get into that argument later. So, yeah, I mean, and the one lyric, oh, here we go. Yet yeah, more lyrics that reference past songs. So in On, they have uh, one lyric is that it's the shadow that's shaking. And remember this whole concept of following, you know, having your shadows follow you um, symbolically, you know, like darkness like dark thoughts and stuff follow you um and now like they're turning around and saying it's the shadow that's shaking in the sun it's just a whole full circle moment and then we have uh they have a lyric my blood sweat and tears in there which i'm sure is intentional the song is called blood sweat and tears was that big pivotal uh cinematic uh climax in this whole movie uh music video universe so yeah, the Lesson of Tears, the Shadow, I mean, they they have a lot of references in there. It's just really, it feels so good. It feels so perfect for uh, the album called Seven, which is just such a, like, summary, full circle album um, about, you know, starting from their career and then now, seven years later, here they are. So it's really anthemic. Just get ready. This is just a wow. Like, this, it, oh my gosh, this is my mood saver. Like, this, this song on is really, it, it is, it is... Just, you're just gonna have to listen because I'm speechless. So, um, and then we'll get to uh, 
Uh, a few more wrap-up thoughts after I play On. Just just wait for it, oh my gosh. That is On by BTS, the new single from Map of the Soul 7, which is breaking records and will probably continue to. It's really a great album. Um, and I really think so, like, based on all these object relatively objective reviews from critics, it's a very well-done album, um, as well as, you know, not objectively, my opinion, um, which is obviously the most important out of all of that. So, um, that, yeah, that kind of, that wraps up uh, this uh, BTS special for 70 Karat K-Pop. Next week, what can you expect from the show? Well, we are going to talk about a lot more artists um, than just BTS. We'll probably mention them again because, because I want to. Um, we have, there, there's some, I'm not sure how much I want to give away, uh, but there are quite a few topics we're going to get into. It's going to be quite a variety. Um, I want to talk about, um, Eyes One and, uh, X One and the other groups that are made from these reality shows and from these talent competition shows and, you know, why, why Eyes One is back, you know, they make kind of a comeback after, you know some controversy with the label and the the show being rigged itself and but why they made it back and x1 didn't i want to talk more about the reasons for that i also want to talk about the reasons why eyes one is really blowing up and why other groups are like certain groups like them what like what about this moment seems to be resonating i want to talk about some big successes for some artists that are kind of surprising me but in a good way that they're suddenly getting more usa promo um i've got to talk about some other milestones from artists as well as, you know, which ones are really on a good path or which ones, you know, kind of like my advice. Like if I were uh, their manager, what I would change about what's, what they're doing and stuff or what I would keep the same. Um, talking about more trends in the music industry overall, I'll probably keep incorporating more into the show like I did the other night where it's stories about the music industry as a whole, but I'll apply it to K-pop. Um, because I find both fascinating, so, uh, and there are a lot of connections to be made, so we'll probably bring in more stories like that, like last night, if you missed it, um, you could, it'll probably be edited and uploaded on YouTube and Spotify by this weekend, just search 17 Karat K-Pop, um, to find it, to find the episodes that we have so far, um, but anyway, this episode, or these two episodes will be up, and then you can see that, like yesterday, we talked about, um, this weird scammer guy who basically, he um he made a bunch of fake fan accounts to make it look like he had a big fan base and then he was able to book all these venues for a tour and no one came it's a really funny story we talk about a music festival like that reminds me of firefest a little bit and you can find out why on the show we we talk about some other stuff as well and last the week before this one we talked about this bruce springsteen inspired piece of legislation so if any of that piques your interest be sure to look out for the show um, you could probably find all episodes by now uploaded to YouTube, except for this week's, so they're not ready yet, but, and then a few are available on Spotify, I'll probably put them in a rotating order, so a new one will probably be up next, whenever there's a new YouTube release, check Spotify, there's probably another release there as well, so, but remember, on Spotify, they're rotating, so if you, if a, you've seen an episode in Spotify on the list for a while, it's probably going to go away soon, so, you know, be aware of that if you want to to check it out before it's too late um there are other news updates we didn't really have time for but i'm gonna get into it next week um a lot a lot of really interesting uh news updates in the world of k-pop and the music industry as a whole to talk more about next week so um also i will say that um if you if anyone um listening is getting uh tickets to usually i don't even bring up tours before i get tickets because i want to keep it a secret until i get tickets and then i'll promote the door but this time i'll just reveal the secret so nct is a tour um tickets go on sale tomorrow morning so if you're going make sure 
that you, you know, sign into Ticketmaster early and get ready to go. Um, usually half hour early is not even too early uh, to get in the queue and get ready, especially for NCT because of how iconic they are. Um, and if you go, I can't go. So please say hi to my fiance for me. Um, it's disappointing we can't see each other. My fiance is Taeyeon, just to be clear. So please say hi for me. Um, we're going to talk about NCT a lot more, obviously. Um, and on a different week, because those are one of my ride or die groups, I have a, a G-Impact episode when I'm going to talk about their world. I've got more music video worlds to talk about. Luna's, I'll probably talk about Luna um, in one of the newer, uh, like either next week or the week after, but pretty soon the music video episode will be dedicated to Luna. Uh, we love, and NCT I've got to do as well. That's a G-Impact show I've already. So yeah, a lot to look forward to, uh, a lot going on. Um, you can catch up on what you missed, and, and then... Uh, Get excited for Wednesday to tune in, and I hope you check out the rest of the album in addition to what songs we played tonight, because um, it really is a great work of art they put a lot of time and effort into in a show. So I hope this was kind of an interesting, insightful look at Map of the Soul 7, as well as BTS and their journey as a whole, and uh, I hope it was a good show. I will see you for a lot more variety content next week, 5 o'clock, um, Wednesday and Thursday. So I will see you next week. Have a great night and a great weekend, everyone. Uh, to close up the show, because, you know, the show's named after 17, like one of my other favorite groups, let's just play some 17. This is getting closer. See you next week.